Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Just when you think you've heard it all. I, um, I have two articles here that I want to read you in just a moment. They're very short, but the reason I, I wasn't even going to waste my time or your time with this, but I decided to go ahead and read these articles and comment on this because of the stupidity of it and really what's going on in our world. Uh, this whole idea, you, you know, I know we've talked about it before and I know you've seen this, but it seems like um, everything, if you're a white person, especially, you're just, in many people's eyes, including other white people, you're just automatically a racist, no matter what, okay, no matter what. Or if you're affluent, you, you don't even have to be white, but just have a little bit of money Okay, and you're um, a racist, or you're maybe not racist, but you certainly don't like people that aren't in your socioeconomic class. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember how long ago, it was just a few podcasts ago, I talked about how there was this article and people claiming that people who, uh, white people and affluent people, are racist because. They drive their cars. Now, get ready for this, ladies and gentlemen. This is actually in an article and people who get paid to come up with these foolish ideas. But if you drive your car through a low-income neighborhood or a neighborhood uh, that is predominantly black or uh, Latino and you happen to be white or affluent, well, that makes you a racist because... You are spewing out all of these toxic fumes out of your car that's making them sick and you just kind of speed away and leave them with a big old puff of toxic gas out of your car. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as absurd as that is, that's what people are thinking out there today. That's what they are coming up with. That's what people are actually sitting around pondering and then writing up these articles, these stories and such to blame, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you and me or anybody else that might drive their car to and from work or wherever you're going, if you drive through a low-income neighborhood, especially if the people in that neighborhood don't share your skin color, well, you're automatically a racist just because you drove your car through there. What, are you trying to kill them? You're trying to kill them? With all those toxic fumes, you're killing them, you're, you're making them sick, they have asthma, they have sicknesses, they have disease, and they can't go anywhere because they're poor, and, and, and they, they don't have enough, I don't know, what, common sense? See, that's what irritates me about all this. While you're trying to make white people or affluent people look bad, what you're really doing is tr the people that you are supposedly standing up for, these people in these um, low-income neighborhoods, these, these minorities... You make them sound so stupid that they can't do something about it. Even in the article I read, it, it talked about how people in, in South Pasadena were able to fight against the 710 freeway going through their backyard, and they won, and then it went into a, uh, a lower-income uh, neighborhood, and that's where it stopped. 
Well, why didn't the people in that neighborhood stand up and do something about it? Why didn't you, oh writer of article, go over there and teach them people and show them, listen, let's stand together so you don't have this in your neighborhood. See, but uh, people with that mentality, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but they need, they need people to be pawns in their game. They need people to be able to use against others for their own agenda. So they actually need people that are in these uh, poorer neighborhoods to um, use. That's why they're not even themselves helping doing any work to help them um, get out of those neighborhoods and such. I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of struggling with this because this is absurd. Because in our world right now, simply because I'm white, if I say something, even to try to help somebody that doesn't share my skin color, it makes me automatically racist. If um, I drive my car, well, I'm, I'm sorry, I have a little truck. If I drive my little truck through a neighborhood filled with people that don't share my skin color, I'm automatically racist. And some, what I want to read to you today just kind of piggybacks on all of that. The, the absurdity that everything, it, literally almost everything that a person of a lighter hue, if he you know, says or does is automatically racist. And if you don't think so, if you, if, if you think, no, 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 you're just, you know, no, you got to listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Let me read this first article. Then I'll read the second article because the second article is even more foolish than the first article. And when you hear the first article, you'll say it can't get any more uh, foolish than that. But you forget who we're dealing with out there. So um, this is from the New York Post, this particular article. And actually, I just chose the New York Post to uh, uh, use their article. And this was written about in several places, but I just used the New York Post. So anyways, it says, now forgive me for this. I'm just reading the article, okay? It says, pantry porn trend rooted in racist, sexist behavior. Uh, Loyola professor, a Loyola professor uh, wrote about this. And then this person, uh, Catherine Denlevy, Denlevy, Donlevy, uh, wrote this article about this. And this was um, published March 16th, just a few days ago, 2023, at 6.40 p.m. And again, this is from the New York Post. And quoting this Loyola professor, it begins by saying, Storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color-coordinating dozens of sprinkled containers may seem trivial. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time reading this because it's, it's, it's like, again, it's like a comedy this is comedy. Let me start that over and try to keep a straight face. <clears throat> Storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color coordinating dozens of sprinkles containers may seem trivial, but tidiness is tangled up with status and messiness is loaded with assumptions about personal responsibility and respectability, the professor stated. Cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinctions based on a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards and nice houses make for nice neighbor or neighborhoods. What lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness, pro-niceness stance is a history of classist, racist, and sexist social structures so so let me let me read that last <laughs> last thing again this is what this professor said what lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness pro-niceness stance is a history of classist racist and sexist 
social structures. So ladies and gentlemen, what this professor, a professor, professor, this is a educated person. I didn't say they were educated correctly, but an educated person <laughs> is saying that if you keep your pantries or your home nice and in order and well organized, you're a classist, you're a racist, and you're a sexist. I mean, that's what she's saying. Now, let me go on. According to Drenton's research, the social media influencers who push pantry porn are predominantly white women who demonstrate what it looks like to maintain a nice home by creating a new status symbol, the perfectly organized, fully stocked pantry. Now, I listen, anybody that doesn't share my skin color, and by the way, I'm a nice salmon color, not exactly white, but not pink. I refuse to be pink. But anyways, um, so I'm more on the Caucasian end, blonde hair, blue eye, Caucasian. If I had any, uh, listen, I'm upset about this, okay? I was going to say, if, if I was a person of color, I'd be really upset. I would be really upset if I was a person of color. But I'm upset on your behalf. Just because of the absurdity. Because, uh, again, let, let me read some of this. According to Drenton's research, the social media influencers who push pantry porn are predominant Pantry porn? What in the world is that? Anyways. Are predominantly white women who demonstrate what it looks like to maintain a nice home by creating a new status symbol, the perfectly organized, fully stocked, pantry. So from what I'm gathering is these white women are able to pull this off. But I think what this uh, Professor Drenton is trying to get at is it's wrong for us to push that and put that out there because there might be some people of color that won't do it or can't do it. Like you're too what? I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to imagine or even want to say it here, but you're not sharp enough. You're not smart enough. You can't figure out how to organize a pantry, but that's what she's leading it. Now, why am I pointing out like this? Because listen, conservative-minded people do not think this way. I know we've heard the exact opposite. We've heard that the conservatives are the racist, the conservatives look down on people of color, the the conservatives want, you know, all the affluent white people over here in our neighborhoods and all those low-level people of color in their neighborhoods. But from a conservative mindset and the and the conservatives that I know and just m- myself, that is so far from the truth that it isn't even funny, but that's the way liberals think. Here's this this professor basically, in essence, saying, if you are a person of color, you just can't figure this out. So we white people, we need to shut this down so we don't make you black people feel bad. And that's basically what she's saying. And that's from these liberal professors that are teaching our children. They keep demeaning you guys. They keep demeaning human beings. It's disgusting. And it wouldn't matter what color of skin it is when you demean a whole segment of our society just because of the color of our skin. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's true racism. That is the true racism. Anyways, let me go on with this. Even celebrities have joined the trend, further peddling it. Kim Kardashian showed off her massive walk-in fridge in 2020 and two separate average size others that was peppered with glass jars filled with different condiments uh, for frozen yogurt. Last year, sister Khloe Kardashian bragged about her extravagant pantry that is packed with items on floor to ceiling shelves. Photos show most of the items, pasta, fig newtons, goldfish, are stored in glass containers while other plastic 
wrapped foods are stowed in wicker baskets. <clears throat> Drenton emphasizes that orderly pantries have been a status symbol since the late 1800s when only the wealthy could afford the space to hide both the food and the people who prepared it. <laughs> Again, you know what? In the 1800s, ladies and gentlemen, in the 18, number one, none of us, no one listening to this podcast <laughs> was around in the 1800s, okay? Number two, what went on in the 1800s in that regard with people's pantries? Think about this. This woman is getting upset and writing this article about the way pantries were kept in the 1800s. So when people keep their pantry nice and neat today, it's a mirror or a holdover from the 1800s where they hid the food and even the people that prepared it in those pantries. Listen, um, in my home, I have a pantry. It's about two feet deep and uh, about 20 inches, maybe two foot wide. And it's about five foot tall, okay? And it, it's, it looks like a mess. I don't care to get into all of this, keep it all neat stuff, and then post pictures of it all over the internet. But I don't really care if anybody does that. That's their own personal business with their home and their pantries. Now, in my pantry, and like I said, I'm saying this is a white guy, okay? In my pantry, I don't have anybody hidden away in my pantry preparing my food. <laughs> no one would fit in it. Do you know how absurd that is? Okay, so maybe Kim Kardashian has this huge refrigerator and huge pantries where she could probably hide some people. But does she? Maybe Khloe Kardashian has a huge pantry that's all nice and neat and stacked very uh, eloquently. But uh, is there people in there that she hides from the general public? I mean, I this is absurd. This is absolutely absurd. <laughs> Pantries were a status symbol since the late 1800s. I do not look. Listen, I don't care what home I go to. I might be amazed with the size of somebody's pantry if I was ever to go into somebody's home, you know, a very wealthy person's home and find a pantry the size of, of my home <laughs> there. But at the same time, it, it's interesting. It's like, it, it it's cool, but I don't think any more highly or lessly of those people lesser, I should say, lesser, um, because of the size of their pantry or how well it is groomed. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons why you have a pantry is to keep food in it. And people like their food all stacked normally and nice so that they could find it. And it's not a problem or an issue. If that's not what you want to do, then don't do it. Don't worry about it. That's your home. That's your pantry. But geez, anyways, let me <laughs> let me go on. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I, this is funny. Liberals are actually, they, they've went from just being frustratingly stupid to now just hysterical stupid. And and it's it's kind of, if you just pay attention and, and just sit back and, you know, pop some popcorn, pour yourself a soda and read some of these articles or listen to them, it's comedy, man. It's comedy. You don't even have to pay money to go to the comedy club. You could just sit back and read some articles by some liberals. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, let me finish this. In the centuries since, pantries have evolved to be part of the open floor plan. How well the homeowner maintained the pantry and organized the space served as a new status marker instead. No, you've missed it completely. How well they keep their pantry 
is not a status symbol. Jeez. Uh, maybe in certain circles, but certainly not mine, nor the people that I know. She believes the recent trend of pantry porn was only exasperated by the COVID-19 pandemic when storages in supply, uh, supply chain surged. Keeping stuff on hand became a symbol of resilience for those with the money and space to do so. The Kardashians and other pantry porn celebrities have set the societal standard for an ideal mother, wife, or woman, Drenton argues, but the aspiration falls apart for those who can't afford uh, the money or time to maintain the upkeep. Pantry porn, as a status symbol, relies on the promise of making daily domestic work easier. But if Women are largely responsible for the work required to maintain the perfectly organized pantry. It's critical to ask, easier for whom? <laughs> Trenton said. I guess that's where the sexist part comes in. Because if a man says, hey, woman, talking to his wife, hey, woman, go in there and clean up that pantry and make sure it's always in order. Suddenly, you know, that's like really sexist. And if uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe this came uh, or took a little surge in the COVID-19 thing. But ladies and gentlemen, I do not think, ladies and gentlemen, I do not think that had anything to do with trying to show off. Like, um, look at me. I got a pantry full of toilet paper, ladies and gentlemen. You can't find it in the store, but I got a pantry full of it. Okay, there's there's so many absurdities to that that way of thinking. Look at all this food I got. You can't find it, but I have it. I have it. It's all perfectly lined up. I'll tell you why that's just stupid, Miss Drenton. Because what you are assuming is that somebody went out there to, in essence, brag about how clean their pantry is and how well stocked the pantry is in a time where there were shortages in supply chain. So what that says to everybody around, like if I went and showed everybody my perfectly stacked and stocked pantry, like I said, mine's not very big, but assume that I had a big pantry and it was perfectly and fully stocked and it looked really clean and there was uh, toilet papers and paper towels and spaghetti and, and tomato paste and just everything that you would need to survive for a little while, uh, you know, when the supply chain is uh, hurt. What does that tell everybody in your neighborhood? Hey, now you know where to uh, uh, steal from. And that's just the truth. That's just the truth. Because if you live in a neighborhood and one person has, has it all and nobody else has anything, even good people are going to go, hey, uh, you either give some of that up and share with us or we're going to take it. <laughs> so... When everybody was, you know, shut down and locked away and supply chain uh, was just, you know, hammered and people bragging about everything that they have, all they were doing was painting a, a bullseye. It's funny how, Ms. Drenna, you didn't deal with that aspect of it. You just wanted to turn it into something racist and sexist and classist, you know, that my little, my little, you know, five foot tall, two foot deep pantry i'm i must be on the very low end of things and you know and i'll admit it in in, in pantry world <laughs> in pantry world i'm i'm not doing very well <laughs> and guess what i don't really care what the kardashians have i don't care what anybody on these uh what are they pantry porn why do they even call it that anyways pantry porn sites or whatever it is i don't really care I don't give a rip. I don't take time for that. And and guess what? 
If somebody doesn't have the time or the money to do that with their pantry, they certainly aren't spending a lot of time watching it on TikTok, Miss Dranton. Because if they had the time and the energy and all of that to sit down and watch it on TikTok or wherever this is at, then they would certainly have the ability, the time, certainly, to go in there and clean up their own pantry. You are trying to make... <laughs> You're trying... I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I can't help it. This is just kind of funny that there's actually people on my planet, breathing my air, that think this way. You know, I, I do keep them around for a reason because they're funny, you know, and they are funny, and I'm having a good time with this. But this is just how absurd that liberal mindset has become. This is how absurd liberalism has become, that they're trying to find racism in clean pantries. Yes, racism, sexism, classes, classistism. <laughs> In, in having a clean pantry. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I like I like having clean things, you know. I'm not going to go in there and do it myself. I don't have the time. But if, if some my, my wife or my daughter wants to go in there and clean the pantry and get it all organized, praise God, go do it. I'll be happy. But if it doesn't get done, I don't care. <laughs> as long as I can find my, <laughs> my potato chips when I go in there. Anyways, here's another one. Now, this one, again, this is... Now, now this one is interesting because i just took this is a very short article and and it's found at uh sandrarose.com and i googled this because i came across this um in an article entitled uh that um animals are leaving black neighborhoods because of systemic racism yeah 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 you heard me animals wildlife are leaving black neighborhoods because of systemic racism i honestly thought this was a joke i was gonna i looked and i thought it was like the babylon b or something just trying to make a, a point on something and it turned out that it wasn't it was uh, the original uh, article that i read was from the daily mail out of the uk and i just kept looking and i found this uh these articles and what they're doing is they're referencing a study okay <laughs> a scientific study from what's supposed to be, supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen, a couple of very smart people. And so they reference this and they, and they write these little articles. So I picked this particular article mainly because of how short it was. And there was another one that I wanted to read to you out of another uh, news site. But uh, I think the author in that one went a little bit too far in making fun of the article. He was actually, in my opinion, making fun of uh, people of color, and I didn't like that. So I picked this one. So uh, again, this is from SandraRose.com. I will put the links up in the, um, not the comment section, but the description section for this podcast. You can <laughs> go and read these. It says, wild animals abandon black neighborhoods because of systemic racism. And this was written by Sandra Rose, February 13, uh, 2023. So last month. Earlier this month, I noticed a red fox strolling across my front lawn. It's not unusual to see wildlife out here in sleepy Gwinnett County. <coughs> now, I'm not sure where Gwinnett County is, but apparently it's sleepy. and <laughs> It has red foxes in it. <laughs> but experts say most black people in urban cities will never see wildlife because of systemic racism. <laughs> Let me read that, <laughs> that line again. But experts say most black people in urban cities will never see wildlife because of systemic racism. I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I wish I could make this up. I am not that good of a writer. 
I am not that good of a of a comedian to come up with these types of things. But this is this is serious business. This is serious for some of these people. This is what they they make their money on and they stake their the, you know their life on. The rest of us with some common sense and some decency look we look at it and we start cracking up laughing. But they're serious. And that's the scary thing about it that these people are actually serious. This was not a writer for for a, you know Comedy Central or or SNL or you know one of our um, comedians. This is a, a real <laughs> article that's supposed to be taken serious. Okay, now let me let me go on. And again, I did not write this. I don't necessarily agree with this. I think this is pathetic. But it says this: Reach, researchers say the lack of wild animals in black communities affects black people's mentality. Okay, let me read that again. Because again, every human being, every American, every human being should be up in arms about this. All right? Everyone. But especially those of you in the in the black community, this should turn your stomach because this is what these so-called intellectuals think of you. That if you don't go out your door and see a little bunny rabbit on the lawn or a raccoon, or a bear, I don't know, bear, or like she opened this up, a red fox in the in the front yard, you, it's going to affect your mentality. It's going to affect you mentally. In other words, you're going to get <clears throat> some type of mental illness or at least distress because the raccoons are, run, are not running around your front yard. Research, I'm going to read this again. Researchers say the lack of wild animals in the black community affects black people mentally. See, now, what they're trying to do with this article is, again, paint white people in general as being racist, okay? Even because the animals don't show up in your front yard. But the, the true racists are the people who think this way and write these stupid articles and come up with these stupid so-called scientific research papers that put uh, um, people of color in this, in this place of being stupid, of being ignorant, of being foolish, being weak, that if you don't see some wild animal in your front yard or running around your neighborhood, somehow, some way, it's going to affect your mental capacity. That's the true racism. That is the true racism. And they are the true racists who feel this way and then feel the need to go put this garbage out there. Anyways, see, I just went from laughing to now ticked off again because <clears throat> it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It really doesn't matter the color of your skin. We are human beings. Uh, and what we used to say back in the day is there was only one race called the human race. And when when one particular group, just based upon the color of their skin, gets attacked or treated bad, well, we all need to rise up because they're treating us all bad. This isn't an attack just upon white people. This isn't an attack upon black people. This is an attack on all of us because white people are now the racist, but black people are too foolish to figure out, you know, or, or too weak minded that if they don't see a raccoon or a possum or a skunk or whatever, some kind, some type of wildlife running around in their neighborhood, it's going to affect them. Mental- really? I want to ask all of you people that, that don't share my skin color. Maybe you're a little bit darker. Can I ask you a, a real question? Let me ask you just a genuine and, and an honest question. Do you think that you are uh, mentally affected, negatively, I should say, that you have the negative effects mentally or even emotionally on you if you don't see um, wildlife in your neighborhood? If you don't see the raccoon running around, the squirrels running around, 
the possums, the deer, the, I don't know, chipmunks, whatever it may be, whatever this woman means, if you don't see them, do you feel that you are strained mentally or emotionally? And please write me and let me know what you think about that. Because I personally, now don't get me wrong, I like wildlife. I like to see some wildlife in my neighborhood, as long as it's big enough that I can kick it (laughs) if it's attacking me. But I don't feel that I'm losing brain cells because if I don't see one, oh, I didn't see my squirrel today, I feel dumb. No, that's not the way it works. Not with me, and it certainly doesn't work with any of you. This is absurd, and the fact that anybody even thinks this way is absurd. They are the real racist. But let me go on. It says, a study published in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences noted that wild animals specifically avoid black neighborhoods. Oh my God, now the animals are racist. It isn't the white people. It's the animals that are racist. I misunderstood this entire article. It was the animals are racist because they, the animals, are avoiding black neighborhoods. Oh my gosh, these racist animals. How can we round them all up and retrain them and reteach them so that they won't be racist? So now we have the animals, wild animals specifically avoid black neighborhoods. The study examined nearly 40 wild animal species in 268 urban locations across the country. The researchers found a decreased presence of wildlife in neighborhoods with fewer white residents. Those racist little squirrels and chipmunks, those racist possums, those racist raccoons. What what has this world come to when the animals, the wildlife are racist? Because they're only going to go in the, in the neighborhood with white people and not black people. And the fewer white people, there's going to be fewer wild animals. Oh my God. Let me finish this because we got to figure out how to straighten out these racist little wildlife animals. <sighs> The study said racial segregation practices in the 1950s blocked racial and ethnic groups from living in more desirable neighborhoods. Black people were restricted to urban cores that grew increasingly dense, according to the research. Areas with a higher concentration of black people have physical barriers such as railroad tracks, highways, very few trees, or green spaces. Systemic racism is altering the demography of urban Wildlife populations, the researchers wrote, these results are concerning because urban biodiversity is important for human mental and physical well-being, researchers say. The Biden administration, oh, Uncle Joe to the rescue. The Biden administration is improving biodiversity by moving HUD housing residents to the suburbs where wildlife is abundant. (laughs) Some liberals are considering bus, (laughs) check this out, I mean, this, again, ladies and gentlemen, now I'm back to having fun. Uh, I'm not as angry as I was a minute ago. I'm still angry when I think about it, but now trying to see what the, or seeing what the liberals are actually trying to do to fix this problem. Um, (laughs) Tell me if this doesn't sound like a, a Democrat liberal policy. Listen to this. Some liberals are considering busing wildlife to the hood. But busing in wild animals won't solve the problem. Safe habitats are also necessary for the wildlife to survive in urban cities. Researchers call for 
equitably distributing and increasing the amount of natural habitat in cities. And that's the end of the article. So let me go back to this. Some liberals are considering busing wildlife to the hood, but busing in wild animals won't solve the problem. Safe habitats are also necessary for the wildlife to survive in urban cities. This, uh, <clears throat> again, this the ending of this is, again, comical. And yet, because it's serious, it's really not funny. Um, because <clears throat> in this article, <clears throat> white people are blamed for racism because the animals <clears throat> aren't going into the inner city <clears throat> in predominantly black neighborhoods. The animals themselves, in a roundabout way, were um, labeled as racist, not directly, but a roundabout way, because they avoid black neighborhoods. All right. And what is the Biden administration's answer to all this? Well, um, move HUD housing residents to the suburbs where wildlife is abundant. Huh. Move people that are on government assistant housing, move them from the inner city to the suburbs so they can go look at the raccoons and the and the possums and the squirrels maybe the red deer but if that's not going to really i mean if that will help them but what about the rest oh well let's just bus in some let's go get a bus round up a bunch of wildlife put them in the bus drive into the inner city open the door shoo them all out of the bus and there we have fixed the problem <laughs> we have fixed the problem <laughs> i can see it now ladies and gentlemen and, and not that i want this to happen but again, my mind works in like skit form. I could see this as a, as a comedy skit, but I can also see this happening because liberals are actually, yes, they are that dumb. They want to bus in wildlife into the inner city to try to break the racism off of these little animals, these little woodland creatures, so that they can all learn how to just get along and live in the inner city. But... <clears throat> I could totally see them trying this completely. That's just how foolish they are. But I can also see them like ushering in a bunch of, I don't know, raccoons or, or skunks, maybe <laughs> possums, things of that nature, release them out there, you know, and then the people in these, because remember the people in our city, they don't see the wildlife. So they don't know that they're wildlife. They don't understand that those things could bite. They don't understand that if you get too close, they'll jump on your face and rip your nose off. So I could totally see somebody going, oh, look at this cute little animal. Oh, look at this cute little animal going over to pet it. Remember that scene in Elf? Does somebody need a hug? And try to give a hug to a, a rabid uh, raccoon and this thing bite them and then spread rabies through the whole neighborhood or something. you know? Or they have fleas with the, uh, you know, what do those fleas have that have all the sickness? you know? And then it spreads sickness through these neighborhoods. I mean, it, on one hand, looking at it at, from a comedy skit kind of thing, that could be kind of funny. But in real life, that's deadly. And in a lot of people, that would never happen. Really? Really? I know some, um, many of you probably have either been bit or maybe attacked or nipped at by a dog because you thought you can bend down and, and pet it and the thing nipped at you or maybe bit you, right? That's a dog. That's a dog in a neighborhood somewhere. Maybe a dog that someone you know owns and that dog still didn't like you. What about a raccoon that they just bust in or an, a, a possum that they just bust in? Or a skunk. You ever smell one of those things? Yeah. Well, you bust a bunch of those skunks and you'll be smelling a lot of them. All right. And that's just the way it is. And <laughs> I'm just having kind of fun with that because I don't think any, I, I would like to think that there's somebody with a little bit of common sense left that the elevator, maybe not quite go up to the top, but maybe at least three quarters of the way would say, uh, maybe this is not a good idea. You know what I mean? <clears throat> 
I watched a little video just not too long ago, a little clip, just a very short clip of these people that were going to release a bobcat out into the wild. They had captured this bobcat that was injured. They nursed it back to health. They fed it. Now it's all healthy. They're going to release it back into the wild. So they had this cage that they carried out into the woods and they and they stood behind it and it seemed like they were all safe and they opened this little the cage door and the bobcat ran out. At first, it seemed like he was just going to run away from the cage and run away from the people and be happy. But he took about, I don't know, three or four steps and then made a beeline and attacked the people that just let him out of the cage and and, and was like running after them and attacking them, bit one person. Thank God it wasn't anything too serious. They were able to like fend themselves off and the thing finally ran off. But um, that was a bobcat that was loved on, treated well, treated for injuries, nursed back to health. What about a bunch of wildlife that don't that, that doesn't even know that? Really, are you going to actually... Th- so liberals are considering busting wildlife into the hood. And I like the way she says hood, you know? Um, like this... I'm not saying that's fully a demeaning word, but when you're using it in this context, it's sort of like demeaning. Yeah, she's going to bust some wildlife into the hood. Really? How about just saying that there's some liberals that want to bust some wildlife into these um, uh, predominantly black neighborhoods. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. And this, uh, like I said, the liberal mindset is just, it's just bonkers to me. And, and, and what really gets me is so many of these people are in positions of power that have been either voted in or given lots of money to be in there. And they not only sound stupid themselves, but unfortunately, everybody that supports them sounds and looks just as stupid. So what do I think we should do with these people? Well, number one, they need to be fired because they're not smart enough to be into the in these positions, holding these positions and making these kinds of decisions. But um, yeah, just leave it at that. Fire them and get rid of them. Uh, same thing with politicians, liberal politicians. They all need to be fired. So the next time you go to the voting booth, next time you go to the voting booth, if it has a little D next to their name, understand they're liberal. They're the type of people with the mentality that want to round up skunks and possums and raccoons and bust them into the inner city. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, those are the people who are doing it. The rest of us, you know what the answer is for, for to me? To me? Um, get rid of all the stupid liberal restrictions. Allow people the freedom and the ability to get better jobs, get better education, start businesses. In other words, government, get out of their way. It doesn't matter the color of skin. They have what it takes to create a life for themselves. If you, the government, you stupid liberals, get out of our way, we will create a great life. And then when we have created a life that we want and we're making the income that we want, we can make a decision on where we want to live. If we want to go build a house or buy a house in the suburbs, we can do that. If we want to still live in the inner city, we can do that. But it'll be our choice. You don't have to worry about us. And you don't have to worry about whether or not we wake up in the morning, look out the window and see a a raccoon running across our front yard or not. That would be up to us on where we live and how we live. Leave us alone. Get out of our pocketbook. Get out of our life. And when I say us, I'm talking about every American, regardless of the color of skin. Let us create our life. You keep getting involved. And guess what? Whenever the liberals get involved in something, that's when these stupid articles come up because that's what you all create. Think about it. Let's go home. There's no intelligent life here. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. 
You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed. Give me the chipmunk. Love table flippers.